Chapter forty eight of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Cape Colony. We go from Durban to Cape Town by sea. Our steamer is one of the great ocean liners which ply between South Africa and England. It brought out passengers and manufactured goods of all sorts and is now starting homeward with wool, hides, coffee, and fruit. We take on grain and wool at East London, farther south on the coast at the mouth of the Buffalo River, and also stay several hours at Port Elizabeth on Algoa Bay to load sheep and goats, wool, grain, and ostrich feathers. Port Elizabeth is the second city of Cape Colony and has such a large export trade that it is sometimes called the Liverpool of South Africa. The land along the coast is sandy and the town looks bleak and bare as we approach it by sea the houses rise in terraces from the beach to the tableland above where the best residences are we land by means of a tug and take a street-car ride through the city visiting the feather wool and fruit markets on market square the distance from port elizabeth to cape town is more than four hundred miles and we are about two nights and a day making the voyage some hours before reaching the cape of good hope we steam by cape agulhas the southernmost point of the african continent agulhas means needles and the name comes from the saw-edged reefs and needle-like rocks which lie here and are very dangerous to vessels hugging the coast the worst of them are just off danger point where a lighthouse now stands it was here that the steamer birkenhead went down many years ago the ship was broken on the rock and between the surf and the sharks three hundred and fifty-seven persons perished in going by we keep far out from cape agulhas and also well away from the cape of good hope farther on finding the latter less windy than bartholomew diaz did when he discovered it in fourteen eighty six and named it the cape of storms we sail more to the northward rounding the cape and inner table bay coming to anchor at the wharves of cape town we are now in the chief commercial city of south africa and in one of the great ports of the world huge ocean steamers from europe north america south america asia and australia are lying at the docks and the scenes of loading and unloading cargo are busier than in any other african port we have visited there are great docks all around us and enormous breakwaters have been built out to protect the shipping the railroad cars come right to the steamers so that goods can be carried from here to the chief ports of south africa the imports and exports of cape town amount at times to more than two hundred million dollars a year we land and take carriages for a drive through the city how beautiful it is and how strange it is built about the shores of table bay rising up the steep slope of table mountain which lies behind that peak to the left is devil's peak more than three thousand feet high and the mountain at the right is the lion's head which is about two thousand feet above where we now stand table mountain itself is a thousand feet higher than devil's peak it rises behind the town in a sheer precipice cutting the skyline with a jagged front two miles in length as it stands there it looks like an enormous table there are often white clouds above it which at times spread out and hang down over the top looking for all the world like a great tablecloth we find cape town well built 
it has large stores of brick and stucco some beautiful residences and fine public buildings a belt of gardens encloses the city and there are botanical gardens in the centre filled with tropical plants and fruits the streets are well paved and there are excellent roads leading out into the country many of the houses in the suburbs are of one story but nearly all have gardens and yards about them and they seem quite as comfortable as our homes in america most of the people are white but we meet many natives as we go through the streets and also malays in turbans and lithe hindus in the dress of east india there are english soldiers from the garrison near by queerly dressed sailors from all parts of the world and strangers from everywhere who are passing through this gate of the african continent cape town has excellent hotels and we spend several weeks making excursions by rail to the different parts of the province cape colony is one of the most important of the british possessions in africa it is of vast extent being larger than texas and massachusetts combined and it has such an excellent climate that white men can live in it quite as well as in europe a century ago the country was wild and almost unknown it abounded in game and was inhabited chiefly by savages who fought with one another today cape colony has great farms and stock ranches and also vineyards and orchards it produces a vast quantity of fruit and makes wine for export to europe it has more than a million cattle more than a million sheep about five million goats and two hundred and fifty thousand ostriches the colony has several thousand miles of railroad there are good roads almost everywhere and the telegraph lines are so many that if the wire were stretched out it would reach around the globe cape colony has good educational facilities it has excellent schools there are universities in cape town and more than one hundred public libraries in the different towns we have the daily newspapers at our breakfast tables and in them read telegraphic dispatches from the united states during our stay in cape town we call upon the governor and then visit the parliament house a fine granite structure in a beautiful garden cape colony like natal has a governor appointed by the king of great britain and a parliament or congress elected by its people the parliament makes the laws so that the colony really governs itself in our travels through the different states of south africa we have met many boers the most of them are farmers scattered throughout cape colony the transvaal and orange river colony they are the descendants of dutchmen who came from holland many years ago to live in south africa the country as we know was first discovered by the portuguese but the dutch who are great traders followed fast on their heels and soon had ships going about the cape of good hope to india many of these ships stopped at table bay and brought back news to holland that the land was fertile and fitted for stock and grain raising in sixteen fifty two some dutchmen came out and formed the first settlement near table bay others followed and the country was declared a possession of holland it remained so until seventeen ninety five when the english being at war with the dutch captured it upon the declaration of peace the english restored the country to the dutch but in another war which soon followed they again took possession of it and this time for good although they paid the dutch several million dollars for it the dutch farmers did not like the british government so they moved farther back into the interior they had huge wagons with long teams of oxen 
with which they could make but a few miles a day as the english came northward the boers pushed on and on taking up farms here and there until they had established themselves in many places in the upper part of cape colony and also in the orange river colony and in the transvaal they had possession of the two latter colonies at the time gold and diamonds were discovered and they kept them until their war with the british at that time the boers fought bravely for more than two years but they were finally conquered and in nineteen hundred two their colonies came into the hands of the british End of chapter 48